Welcome to My Favorite Questions podcast, where I ask my friends three questions, and they get to ask me a question uh, before we end. Today, I'm here with my good friend, Lacey McCarley. Welcome. Thank you. Lacey is one of the best people I know, uh, especially here in uh, our community in Bellingham. She does uh, phenomenal uh, work as a nurse practitioner, and in... uh, yeah, I just think that you have brought so much wisdom and knowledge to my life, and I like to think of you as a friend and a mentor, mm. and I really just, your kindness towards people, your compassion for people has just taught me so much, and I'm super thankful that I can work alongside you. Wow, well, I'm super thankful that I get to work alongside you, too. I can't imagine the work I do without you as a part of it. Thank you. We make a good, I feel like we make a good team. I think so. <laughs> but yeah, it's wonderful. And I just, I think it's super awesome, too, that we can work together and have fun. We can also be friends outside of work and, like, connect mm-hmm. over so many things. Yeah, yeah, as I, well. I think that's pretty important, too. I yeah. like that about a lot of the folks that we work with. Yes, like, me too. It's kind of a common thread amongst everyone. There's like, I think when you're doing this work, it takes a certain type of person to mm-hmm. do it. And so you just kind of automatically have a connection to them. I think so too. It's like a really, in a way, it's a really strong community. It's a very strong community. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I'm super <laughs> thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, my first question for you today, Lacey, is uh, what's something that makes you feel loved? Well, I spent some time thinking about this and there's, I think there's a number of different things. So one is like, you've met my husband, but he takes such good care of us. Mm. And he stays at home with my daughter, and he does all the things around the house, and he never makes me feel guilty or bad about that. It's just his job while I'm at my job, wow. and I really appreciate that, and it makes me feel loved because it's allowed me to be able to focus on my career mm-hmm. in a way that I think a lot of mothers of young children don't have that opportunity. So. I am thankful for that um, and for the way that he he's an acts of service kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. So like he built my horse fence, he's, you know, cleaning the house all the time, all these things. And that's how he, I think, shows his love, which is very sweet. Um, and then I thought a lot about I have like this group of friends that I've had since high school and then a little bit after high school. And there's something very comforting about folks who really know you mm-hmm. and have seen you through all these stages of your life. Kind of like family, but family is a little bit different, right? Like family's kind of forced to be yeah. there with you. <laughs> but these are people who've chosen that path with yeah. you. And I, I, it's very sweet to spend time with them and be just kind of in that comfortable space where you just know each other so Mm -hmm. well and you can be completely honestly yourself without any concerns for how that person might take it or you know and and like humor and jokes that you've shared over years and years and years like my we've been friends um now for like 30 over 30 years I guess or no 30 years yeah that would be exactly right this year yeah 30 years um, and that's amazing, like just to have that connection so with people. And uh, we went over the spring and met up in Whistler, all of our families together. And it was really nice to see everyone sort of, we bring like that history, but then the families all come together too. And it was a really 
nice weekend of just feeling connected and safe and happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that is such a good answer. And I think about it often too with like, we're both transplants here Mm -hmm. and new friends are super fun. But like when you get to be with old friends, there's just like, you don't have to explain anything. Mm -mm. It's so comfortable and they like know so many like backstories and they they know your family too which I think mm-hmm. in a way really helps uh just yeah and I both my parents have passed away and so um these two people I'm talking about mostly and then my other friend Amy who I met a while later but they knew um my family my mm-hmm. uh Brent and Zach knew my both my parents and then um, Amy knew my mom, and so all, that's also a nice connection to totally. have. It's just like they sort of knew this thing that other people won't ever get to know yeah. anymore. So, so yeah. true. And then also talking about your husband, Richard Bean. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that, uh, too, how he takes such good care of you and your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think it's super, like, powerful to, like, see that, like, him empowering you. Mm-hmm. And I lo- I'd love to see a lot more of that happen in our world yeah I'm thinking of what that means for my daughter to see that you know in a otherwise patriarchal society (laughs) but her dad is like you know he's he's working hard to support the family the same way I am just Mm -hmm. in a different role absolutely absolutely I love that you called that out so thanks that's awesome Mm -hmm. my second uh question for you today is what is something that uh in your life that you are proud of that you've done well I, 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 when I came up with this answer, I was like, oh, is that like too surfacy or something? Like, could be like, <laughs> but really it's, um, my education because I came from a family where, um, higher education was very valued, but neither of my parents completed a college degree. Um, but I know that my mom's dream was for her children, her daughters to, to do that. And college was a super big struggle for me, especially when I left home at um, just turning 18 to go to college. Uh, Now looking back on it, I'm like, oh my God, what were my parents (laughs) thinking? Like they should not have sent me out into the world. I was so not prepared, Mm -hmm. but they didn't know either because they didn't know what college life was like for an 18 year old. So um, it didn't go well (laughs) the first time around, ended up back home. And then I, um, it took me a while. I did a lot of sort of traveling around. I worked different horse-related jobs, leading trail rides, um, worked at a summer camp, Mm -hmm. and then sort of came into nursing because I wanted a way to pay for my horses. Um, (laughs) And I thought, oh, I can handle that, and it pays well, and I'm I'm interested in science. And so I worked hard to get into uh, get all my prereqs done for nursing. And then I didn't get into nursing school because nursing school is hard to get into. Yeah. So I didn't get in the first time around. I ended up, up at, in Portland at Portland State doing community health. And from that, I actually ended up in a job at a um, federally qualified health center that cared for folks who were experiencing homelessness. And that's where I sort of fell into my current uh, career, I suppose. I, I, developed a passion for that before that I had thought about going to work internationally and I had a friend who was working in Africa doing AIDS research and I thought oh that's what I want to do like I want to travel and do health work and but then I realized like oh this is like on my doorstep Mm -hmm. I don't have to travel to 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 really try to make a difference for people who are suffering and so um 
I worked there for, I think it was about four years as a administrator in the clinic. Okay. So not as a nurse yet. And then I thought I had one year left on my prereqs and I thought, okay, I better just apply again. <laughs> and I got waitlisted and then I got in. Wow. That's amazing. So I, <laughs> I, uh, did my nursing degree and then I got working into in the ER and I love that. I mean, like, I still miss it every day. Mm. I loved working there. I love the fast-paced nature. I love kind of the crisis work, um, obviously, I guess. <laughs> um, and I, I I miss it. But I also was realized, like, it starts to wear on you and you mm-hmm. and people become bitter and sort of jaded in the ER. And I noticed myself doing that sometimes and getting kind of short with Mm. patients or saying things that later I would say oh why did I say that um and I thought okay it's time to get out uh so I applied for nurse practitioner school which had been kind of a goal of mine and again I got waitlisted wow that's crazy (laughs) and then I got and then they called me up about uh just a couple weeks before classes started and they had a spot so started NP school and then um during that time was where kind of developed uh, Portland Street Medicine. And so that sort of kept me on this trajectory of homeless medicine. And I think, you know, having achieved a master's level, and I suspect, especially if I can get all my loans forgiven, that I may end up going back and getting a doctorate. Wow. Um, just, I like school, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. That's so interesting. Um, I will have spent a lot of my adult <laughs> life in school if I do, if I do that. Uh, but I... I feel proud, and in my sister, she um, also has her master's degree, and oh, wow. she just texted me the other day, and she said, oh, sometimes I really wish that mom was alive, because she would Aww. be so proud, and yeah. she, you know, when she passed away, I think I was finishing my nursing degree, I had about a year left, but it was pretty clear I was going to be able to do that, and then I, um, my sister had, I don't think she had her master's yet, I know she didn't, okay. and so, um, but both of us like achieving these academic goals has happened uh, since my mom's passed, but I know she would have just been so proud and uh, hopefully, like your mom, <laughs> she would have had the opportunity to go back to school yeah. herself because I know for a personal goal that would have meant a lot to her to be able to to do that and to learn and be able to... Um, uh, she just really immersed herself in education. She worked uh, 20 years in... Um, the prison system oh, wow. doing education with okay. inmates and so she'd help um get people get their ged do testing for um placement and also some people would be able to do college courses if they were able to uh, get payment for that and so she'd help kind of arrange those things and she was very good at it when she passed the um facility she'd been at did a, a ceremony for her passing and wow. they had um, it was all these, you know, like kind of tough guys <laughs> sitting around in a circle crying, and <laughs> they so yeah, and they planted a garden for, her and they painted a mural on their on the wall of the wow. education department. So, yeah, so education, I think, growing up, it really meant a lot to my family, and was seen as like kind of the path out. We weren't super wealthy growing up or anything, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like if you want to get a good job and do well, you need to do this thing. And so, I'm very proud of myself that I accomplished it. I, I, that's such a great story. Thanks for sharing it. Cause I, it, I don't think it's surfacy at all either. Like it's something to be super proud of to have accomplished that. And I think it is scary. I have grown up in a similar where, uh, my parents also don't have degrees, but education is very valued. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still working very slowly towards it, but it is like a huge accomplishment. And I, um, love what you do. And I also love seeing like 
even your mom's job and what your mom instilled in you, like coming through your work today and Mm -hmm. who you are as well. I think that's super cool. I was curious if you want to say what your job is. Oh, yeah. I work, um, so I'm a nurse practitioner, and I don't work in a traditional clinic setting. I don't have a clinic that I work out of at all. Um, I just see folks where they live, so sometimes they might be living in a permanent supportive housing unit, or they might be at a shelter, or they might be on the street in a tent in an encampment, and so I see them in those places, and a lot of what I do, I would say, um, is a lot of medical case management Mm -hmm. and sort of encouragement. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, we deal with a lot of really complex issues on the street, and, um, we're limited in our resources because I, I can't draw labs or get an x-ray. I mean, I can order those things, but the ability of someone to then be able to put all the pieces in place to do it unless they have a case manager or something is pretty limited. And so I do my best to um, manage acute concerns like infections or small chronic illness like asthma, things like that that are sort of, I don't need a lot of other testing or mm-hmm. things done. And then if it's something more complicated, um, like there's a lot of folks with cardiac issues on the street, mm-hmm. then it's just trying to connect them to those cardiology resources or nephrology or whatever their their specialty care need is. Um, I had a provider that was kind of a mentor to me when I worked at Outside In who um, he told me one day that the people that we serve should receive better health care than you or I because we have so many other things that are going for yeah. us, so many. And so I always keep that in the back of my head. It's like, I should be working as hard as I can to get these people into the most optimal care possible. And that's so challenging to do because our system's just not built for these folks. But um, we work really hard to you know, walk alongside them as they access those services and try to hold the system accountable to caring for them. And um, yeah, I guess that's what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would like to say, too, that you um, are also slowly uh, changing people's minds when they think of, like, bad medical care. You're showing up, like, right at their doorstep, wherever that is, even if it's their tent, and are just, like, so compassionate and kind. And I think it's also, like, helping them. Even though, like, it still can be tough, I Mm -hmm. think it's still uh, helpful. No, it's definitely one of the goals is that you know, there's a lot of uh, relationship repair that Mm -hmm. needs to happen between folks and the medical system for a variety of reasons. And so, yeah, showing up where they are, offering compassionate services, and then also sort of like um, being like, yeah, you know, I used to work in the ER. I I saw people get treated like that. I believe you. Right. That makes a big difference because a lot of times I think no one really believes that this nurse was being mean to them or wouldn't give them a sandwich for no reason or what but I've seen it happen yeah. so I know I know that's real and I can say yeah I've seen it and then I can give them advice on you know next time you go try this approach yeah and see if that helps or just go with them because mm-hmm. that t- tends to make a difference absolutely that's it that's a really good point yeah thanks mm-hmm. my last question for you today is what is something you are looking forward to in your future I, this one, I guess, you know, just watching Josie grow up. Um, Josie's going to be four in, a few, in March, or February 18th. <laughs> wow, um, that's soon. Yeah, and so she'll be four years old, which is kind of mind-boggling. She was born right before the lockdown of the pandemic, and so um, sort yeah. of it just seems like that wasn't that long ago, but now here we are four years later, and um, 
Watching her grow up and just seeing her become a person, I think that's um, the thing I look forward to the most and the thing that kind of also scares me the most as someone who lost both their parents at kind of a younger age. I always have that in the back of my head about like, how long will I have with her? Because I had her when I was 40. So I'm older parent, right? And if you think like my dad passed when he was 56, my mom when she was 64, Josie would still be pretty young, you know, at those those ages. And so um, it's it's just always there for me. So I try to, to... do the best I can to take care of myself and make sure that I'm, you know, not uh, not put myself at any risk more than more than life itself does. Totally. But I um I just look forward to seeing her become herself, and it happens so slowly over mm-hmm. time, and they start developing all these little personality quirks and such. And so, so we're seeing her extend out into the community and um, make friends and find things that she's passionate about I look forward to that a lot that's that's such a good answer you have such a sweet daughter and I've enjoyed getting to know her Mm -hmm. and I think it's so fun even at like uh you know she's three now almost four but she already does have a big personality that's really fun and she's funny and just like I really like listening to her talk Mm -hmm. she uh has fun ideas and yeah, she's got big imagination. Gets, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is super fun to be around. So yeah. and she loves awesome. animals, which is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's the end of my questions for you. Do you have a question for me today? I do. And it was funny. I well, I asked Josie what, if she would help me come up with a question. And she said, just when do I get to see Kilmany? That's my question. So she's so sweet. But, yeah, she is so uh, sweet. So she wasn't very helpful. Um, I, I think my question for you is just around when I watch you work with people, mm-hmm. you exude this like open heart kind self that allows people to feel comfortable and um safe with you and I wonder if you just have any words of wisdom on how how you do that or if you if it's it's just innate ability for you or if it's something that you consciously work on wow that is wow what a great well thank you so Mm -hmm. much for those kind words it's so so nice and I'm humbled I think that it's kind of a dual I think it partially is my personality uh and I think it's uh been kind of the way I've been taught to like we our family we're just like our house is an open kind of an open door for people people uh we had people over so often for meals and um so I think that plays into it. And I also do consciously try to uh, be working on myself uh, to be in a good headspace so that I can give back. Because I feel like I've been given so much in life and so that I just want to constantly be giving out those like good things. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's kind of a dual thing. It's like something that I'm constantly trying to work on of like I don't want to be judgmental in any way I want to show up with love and compassion and I have like just been taught this as well as like we are here to love other people and to um show up in their lives and be interested in them and who they are get to know them Mm -hmm. hear their stories like I feel like our parents would say that so much like when you get to know a person's story 
then you love them. There's like, you don't want to judge them. You just love them because their story is so important to who they are and gives you like that full sided story. Like just Mm -hmm. I've seen who a person is. And so I think it really is both for me. But it's something that I do try to work on constantly because I'm always worried that I'm going to, like, lose it or is it going to go away? I'm not yeah. going to have empathy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, sometimes it's like, I mean, I have those days where I'm like, can't we just stop using fentanyl yeah. a little bit? Like, just, or just a little less or something. But it's, yeah, it's hard to always come from that place. But I, I've always been impressed to see you do that and Thanks. connect with people in that way. And I think... You know, if you ever do have a day where you're a little off, I bet everyone you work with is like, not even bothered by it because they know where you're really coming from. You know, they know your your true self. So. Yeah, thank you. I think this week uh, was rough with the bad weather we've had. We had like a whole week straight of bad weather, mm-hmm. and just people's attitudes were really rough. And I just uh, Friday night, it was a struggle for me to show up with. I could feel that in in me of like I'm just so tired of getting screamed at. I'm just so tired, and it's it's not personal. Mm-mm. Of course, it's not like it sucks to be outside and everything, but it does get old mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It gets like a lot, and so I think too it was just like um, coming into this weekend of like remembering that like this week was rough, but it's okay. I'm gonna now rest and I'm gonna recharge and be ready for yeah tomorrow to get back into it. Yeah, that's good. Good <laughs> yeah. self care. Yes, but thank you, Lacey. And You're welcome. anything else that you'd like to add? No, thank you. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. being on. I'm super uh, <laughs> happy that you joined for my podcast. And I love you a lot. Love you too. <laughs>